This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash run, eat, drink podcast and subscribe today. Fans, founders, and insiders like you help us keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going. And we thank you for your support. This is Mike Rallman from the Be Our Guest podcast. And you're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Runny Drink Podcast. This is episode 134, and I am your host, Amy. And of course, I'm your co-host, Dana. Yeah. And listen, we at the top of the show had to have Mr. Mike Rollman from the Be Our Guest Podcast because we're recapping more of the awesome trip he helped us plan. Plus, yesterday... As of this recording, we're recording on uh, Monday, October 5th, and yesterday was National Taco Day. And if you've listened to Mike for any length of time on his show, you know that he is a taco fan. Specifically, Taco Bell fan. So he was telling me that it's pizza night normally on Sunday nights. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's National Taco Day. You know, m- Friday night you have Mexican for dinner. Maybe you could just step out of the routine or maybe a Mexican pizza is in order if they still have that on the menu, mm-hmm. possibly. Uh, that, that's an option, you know. Yeah. Just saying. So, <laughs> so at any rate, Mike, happy belated National Taco Day if you're listening to our show. And... Thank you for the awesome trip to Walt Disney World in September where we got a chance. Well, actually, we had many chances to accomplish, explore, and indulge at Disney. Yeah, we took three of the 5K runs that we are doing as part of Metal Chaser's series the metal chasers assemble series we took three of the virtual races with us to do and we got that opportunity he put together just an absolutely Mm. amazing trip so when Mm. we when we go and travel to a location like that what we want to do is get as much out of it Mm -hmm. while we're there so that we can bring it back to you so we're going to talk a little bit about the 5k that we did and of course the amazing charity that it supports and the awesome bling we got. And we're looking at it right here, right now as we record. It is a yes. really cool medal. Awesome. And then, of course, once the running is done, we're going to be letting you guys in on the amazing food and beverage that we got. Mm, uh, first time going there for us. Yeah, we stopped off at Le Cellier, the steakhouse in Canada at the Canada Pavilion and the World Showcase. If you are a longtime listener, mm-hmm. then you know that Amy loves steak. Oh, yeah. I do. Mama loves some steak. And <laughs> we normally go to the Yachtsman, which is sadly not open at this moment in time. It's not. Um, Disney has a, even though Florida has returned to phase Mm -hmm. three or has begun phase three now, uh, a reopening, Mm -hmm. they're taking a very measured approach at Disney. So during the phase one and two, of course, shutdowns were, were very strict. Mm. They have still a very limited number of sit down restaurants that are open and all of those require Mm -hmm. a, um, a reservation to get seated at. So um, there are um, to go, like you can take a mobile order. Sure. And that kind of thing. Right. And, but I mean, if you want to go in and sit down, you've mm-hmm. got to do a reservation. Yeah. And speaking of Mike Rallman and the BR guest podcast, they did an awesome episode that made me extremely hungry last Friday when they 
when they kind of did an updated list of by the parks. They just did the parks. They they ran out of time. They wanted to do the hotels and they wanted to do other locations on Disney property as of this point in time. Right. But they ended up doing all the park quick quick service and sit down locations, reservations, signature dining that that are currently open nice. and some of their favorites. So I think just having the yachtsman closed gave us the opportunity to explore and indulge at a new place. Yes. And this is going to be the same place where we're going to bring you our beverage of the week as well. Awesome. So totally we're going to explore and indulge at La, La Cellier, Cellier this week. So oh, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So let's uh <laughs> let, let let's start with the run. Yeah, okay. Because you know that is the the way we always start of the shows this week, and, or start the shows, and this week is no <laughs> different. And, and it makes us feel like we have earned the exploring and indulging. Well, yes, and we did. Uh, you know, so we we took these virtual races with us oh. to Disney, and we've talked about virtuals well quite a lot over the last few months. And I'm jealous of. Our friends, our running friends out there on social media that actually, I think Anna Runs on Coffee shared a Run Disney memory back in April when the rival run was canceled and Mm -hmm. we wanted to bring Disney home and highlight that. And she actually ran a half marathon in her hometown. Legit. It was live. Yeah. We are now starting to see race. And she's in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, race yeah. events are starting to come back, although the ones that we've seen have been a good bit north of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen northern states. Like, I think uh, our patron, Meg Brower, she uh, she was talking about some that are hap- happening later on this month in her state. And I, I, it's uh, New Hampshire, I want to say, maybe? I got I, I, I to gotta go back and I got to look at what state she's in. Mm-hmm. But... Um, this is also, speaking of our patron, Meg, today is, yesterday was National Taco Day, and today is National Teacher Day. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. I know that we posted a very, um, a, a celebratory post of mm-hmm. National Teacher Day on yes. our Meg on is our a teacher. Facebook page. Jen from Running Through Wonderland is a teacher. I believe Wendell's wife, another one of our mm-hmm. patrons, is a teacher. So, and and Mike was a teacher for many years. And you were a teacher I in the classroom for am, many years, even though we're not actually teaching right now. Yes. So, <sighs> where I work, so I'm at home over the phone helping people, but. Anyway, I know. I digress. I was jealous of these people that have live races. Yes. Was the point. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. Yes. So thank you, teachers. Thank you, teachers. And thank you, race organizers who are beginning to safely bring back the events that we may be able to participate in before the end of 2020. Fingers crossed. Potentially going to happen. But we did a race of our own because we took yeah. the, the thing I like about virtuals is that you can run them anywhere. And, yeah. you know, Disney is, of course, no longer doing or for the time being, they're no longer doing the Marvel themed races out in California. In California. Boo-hoo. So Boo-hoo. the fact that we have a company like Metal Chasers doing Marvel themed oh, races. Bill and Christina. That fills that gap. So great. And the fact that we are able to travel because we only live about three hours away from Disney and we well, can take a Marvel themed race to Disney. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty fantastic. I so. love it. I lo- And speaking of actual live races that were coming, were uh, coming back, you know, they did an elite only version of the London marathon this past weekend. I saw that. While we're recapping this virtual and many... Of the um, not elite athletes, but many of the athletes that were registered to run that race did their virtual version this weekend. So shout out to some extra milers like Heidi and others who made their marathon dreams come true. Perhaps we will one day. Perhaps. So in the meantime, we run... These virtual races. I know. I just keep injecting these things, these asides okay. that are just things that I, I just want to make sure that 
our audience that tunes in week after week knows we love them and we're jealous of them in some cases with the live races. Indeed. And we applaud their continued efforts. Oh, I mean, a, mar- a virtual marathon. I mean, this is a 5K that we ran. This awesomely themed ready aim run. I mean, it has my name in it. It does. Come on. We did a 5K. I don't know how. It's doing 26.2, man. That is tough. All all you had to do was keep going. Well, yeah. 23.2 more or 23.1 more. I don't know. You could tell me any number. I don't do math in my head well. (laughs) Yeah, this week's run (laughs) is, a again, a Marvel-themed run that we took to Disney. And this one is themed after Hawkeye. I like him. Yeah. If we're talking about the heroes in the Avengers. Jeremy Renner's character I from like all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm. movies. Mm-hmm. The metal, of course, oh. from Metal Chasers. We have just... And this is a unique one. ...gushed about their medals in the past, but I this like. one is going to get a little extra gush because yeah. I believe this is the only metal that has a feature so built far. into it that lights up. Yeah, so far... You, I mean, you have him, and it's like he's in a stance ready to release an arrow. And it's like you're looking down the shaft of the arrow it's as he's pointing of, it at you. It's kind of like a, a laser beam. Well, it's a red LED. You know, well, like if you were going to have like a laser sight. Correct. Right? Yes. Am I right? Yeah, I don't, that's, I'm, this is not my area of expertise. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how many actual <laughs> um, bows have a laser sight on them, but if... If they did, it would certainly be Hawkeye, I think. Yeah, I think he would have, like, the super high tech. You know, I mean, they are the Avengers. Right. You know, and they do have Tony Stark, or, or they did. They did. Spoiler yeah. alert. Sorry. Well, I mean, come on. How long has it been since that movie was? Okay. Exactly. This metal is, we've talked about the quality of their metal, but I just think it, it was so creative to get them to actually... To, to have a part of the metal that lights up almost like a bullseye. Yeah. Because the background is kind of like a bullseye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job on this. We saw this metal. We're like, we got to have it. Of course. We're, we're, you know us. I think our plan is to do all of the... the Avengers Assemble Avengers series. series. And they just keep coming. Well, and they just announced for next year they're going to be doing some anti-heroes and they're going to be Love doing it. corresponding villains series Can't to this. Wait. So we've got some virtuals to look forward to to 2021. Hopefully that we just sprinkle in in between actual race events. Yes, fingers crossed. Here's hoping. So we saw this medal. It was time to go and earn it. Mm. We had Mike Rallman book us an amazing trip at Disney. We Magic for less travel. Split our stay between two resorts, but this is one of the races that we ran while we were staying at the boardwalk. And the boardwalk is so... When I think of the boardwalk, I think of run Disney races. Absolutely. That is the... Associative. The the time when you are... You're really at the very end. You're at mile 11, mile 12. Usually, yeah. And you're coming onto the boardwalk and... It's a great area because people who are staying there come out from the hotels and cheer you on. Uh, People who are cheer squad members Mm -hmm. for racers are usually out there with signs cowbells because you know you got to have more cowbell and <laughs> they're i saw that meme. they're cheering everybody on as well it, the facility is beautiful yeah the I only mean, yeah. the only knock against it is one that i've mentioned before which is in the overnight hours when they're cleaning and preparing it for the next day they come out and they pressure wash Ooh. so when you get there on that wooden boardwalk you can get some pretty slick areas that, you know, result in people, you know, going, mm. you know, going down. And I can tell you from personal it. experience of witnessing it, not mm-hmm. actually falling on the boardwalk, but seeing it um, absolutely happens darn near every time mm-hmm. at some point or another because you're just not expecting how slick the that wood's going to be. So we went into the run knowing this. 
and deciding that we were going to be extra careful doing our 5K as we were deciding to basically do laps around the lake right there at the boardwalk. And I think that that part that is so slick, and that is right there at the boardwalk bakery, right in the grassy knoll of the boardwalk villas boardwalk resort Mm -hmm. that is the place where we see some podcast cheer squads we do normally during a run disney race and um wdw radio more that is the last when we did the wine and dine last year i specifically remember just a sea of blue yeah and um be our guest podcast lizards are usually out there and mm-hmm. just high fiving, bells ringing. They're, I mean, incredible cheer squads, and they will cheer for everybody. You, you don't have to be decked out in their gear, and they are just keeping you going. So I, I of all the places that we ran at Disney during this runcation that we created with Mike Rallman, I would say. This was my favorite kind of path because so many memories went through my mind. Oh, yeah. And it's the closest thing to being able to run a run Disney race at the Disney World properties Mm -hmm. without actually doing it. Because this is part of of the official courses. Yep. And the nice thing, while we were there... People who were having breakfast at the Boardwalk Bakery and just coming out to maybe enjoy, you know, a, a morning walk around the lake were mm-hmm. cheering us on because we're running in our, our run gear. We had our, you know, running doing podcast shirts, but we also had the other aspect or the other component that you're given when you register for a Metal Chasers race, which is this awesome, high quality Tyvek bib. Mm-hmm. And the bib is, you know, color um, color coordinated with the metal and themed with the metal. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your number displayed. We pinned it on. We ran it. We actually had people stop us and go, "Oh my gosh, is there a race going on?" Yeah, and we're like, "No, we brought the race to Disney." Yeah, but it was it was great. And I think other people that were just speaking of, like, you know, you have cheer squads unofficially mm-hmm. during our five k that were like, "Oh, we're cheering you on," but. Also, other runners who were just out there recreationally having a morning run. People actually go to Disney, and they run like Mike Rallman. Yeah. He never misses. Right. You know, he'll run around Pop Century. He'll run wherever he's staying. It's, it, it was great to see them and pass them more than once because this was kind of like a, a looped course that we did. Yeah, we basically were running the loop from the boardwalk around towards the... Uh, the gateway to the World Showcase at Epcot. Epcot. Mm-hmm. We kept going on around over toward the Beach Club, Yacht, Yacht Club. Club, and then there's the the footbridge that takes you right next to um, the Swan and the Dolphin. Pretty. Those are pretty Marriott properties, yeah. Brings you back around towards the, um, the water mm-hmm. that runs in between the park over there at hollywood studios and over at the at the boardwalk and so pretty that is an area that you run going coming out of hollywood and Mm -hmm. heading over towards Mm. back towards epcot so we got to do all of that and this one i you know we on that course the first time we talked about it when we recapped the hulk smash your run 5k Mm -hmm. we talked about just taking it easy and walking right this time we did not run together. We, you ran for time, and so did I. Mm-hmm. But we were doing different strategies. Yes. Yeah, and I, I was warming up with some cadence drills and acceleration gliders in in a fifteen forty five type fashion, mm-hmm. and then I was experimenting with some 530 with some 624 some kind of wacky ratios and if you're a first-time listener then it's run walk run intervals where I mean usually people will say you know 30 seconds walking 30 seconds running or in the, in my case it was yeah I started out with the 
those drills, doing 15 seconds of the drill, which was to accelerate and decelerate or to count my steps and try to increase my turnover in the cadence drill. Right. But then I was running 624. How is that? Um, 530. How is that? And when I needed a little bit of recovery, I might have thrown in some five-second running, 55-second walking. And all of that, and I came in under an hour, well under an hour, which is really incredible for me. And I'm 54 uh, 54 minutes and 27 seconds. Very nice. Was that one. So that one, running that for time, that I mean, that felt... Good. Coming back from that ankle. And I am, I'm very, very pleased with that. Outstanding. Mm. But you did one continuous, you did the same interval all throughout your 5K. Yes. Yeah. I did a, 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 I was going for time and I wanted to try a more aggressive interval, uh, run, walk, run interval. Mm hmm. So I decided to go with a 40-second walk interval and a 20-second run. Mm. So that's a two-to-one walk-to-run ratio. Mm -hmm. And I did my 5K in 43 minutes, 53 seconds. Nice. Average pace, 14.07. So great. Yeah, that um, certainly not the fastest that I've done. And interestingly enough, I've actually done faster with... uh, with a shorter run interval. And the main reason for that is environmental conditions and taking it extra careful on the wood portions. Oh, of course. You know, Naturally. But, you know, when you're out there running at Disney in September, especially by a big body of water, you've got a lot of heat and humidity to deal with. Oh, it's the bell. There's the it's weather the bell. bell. <laughs> um, Can I ring it? Can absolutely. I ring it? Absolutely. Go for it. Because I can tell you that on the portions of this where I wore my mask, I sweat through my mask. Oh, it's like waterboarding yourself trying to run in a mask in Florida. I couldn't. You you definitely, you know, we weren't counting on that so much, but you know, at the time when we were running it, the, it was the, the weather report here, according to Garmin is, was 77 degrees and Uh cloudy, but your feels like temperature was, you know, about 90 degrees because of the, of the humidity that we were dealing with. I got 79. Oh, yours is showing 79. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it was a, 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 a fun run and a great course, but that was just something to keep keep in mind. Was the uh, well? It was, I, I just looked seventy seven starting seventy nine finishing. Ending. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There you go. So you know that was just how that can impact it, and those are things that you got to consider. And even Jeff Galloway, our coach, talks about that when you mm-hmm. are when, you indeed know, you can ex- expect an impact on overall pace mm-hmm. based on the temperature. Yeah, you have to slow down because it's every five degrees above 60. Yeah, which is basically 300 days a year here in Florida. And so we, I mean, while we could run faster, environmental conditions, you got to take it, you got to make sure you're hydrated. And there are so many tips that he gave on the episode where he talked about running in the summer and the heat that when we had him on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you go back and you look on uh, runeatdrink.net or you search older episodes in Apple Podcasts, he talks about that. Right. Mm. Now, what was great was we did get to finish this. We started from our hotel. We ended kind of in front of our hotel right there by the Boardwalk Bakery to applause and cheers from people who are watching us run, which was really cool. I love that. And that that made me feel really good. I like it. I just, yeah. it's People were just great and and so supportive. They don't know us. People at Disney, I think, are happy to be there, especially to be back there after the long closure. But I also think if if they're runners or they know runners, then it, it's kind of like an unspoken bond. Yep. 
You know, you look at each other and nod on the run or you give each other encouragement. Mm -hmm. And I just think that runners are some of the most supportive and encouraging people that I've ever met. Oh, absolutely. Even the ones you haven't met that you just might be friends online with. Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing. But that wasn't the only reason that I felt good doing this race. That's true because we did do it for a great cause. Talk about that some. Yes. So each one of the races or the virtual runs in the Metal Chasers Assemble series highlights and supports a different organization doing good for the community. And this one supports kids with a Z outdoors. And it's kidswithazoutdoors.org. And their mission... Their mission is, and I, this is a direct quote from their website, there are, there are several different chapters throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Their Facebook page, I think, links to the one in Alabama, but there are several across the United States okay. and might be one near you as well. So this is a direct quote from, from their website. Forming bonds by linking family and friends to pass on our passion for the outdoors to a new generation raising funds for hospitals and research centers in the hope to find a in hope to find a cure for cancer and other childhood diseases. Well, that's fantastic. And then I just saw a post on the Metal Chasers Facebook page when I talked about that they're doing those anti-hero and and villain series mm-hmm. next year that the Metal Chasers Assemble series has raised over $18,000 for charity. It's so incredible. Far. It's incredible. You're doing a good thing for yourself and you're, I mean, we are motivated by the beautiful medals, the ribbons, the bibs that Metal Chasers provides Mm -hmm. and you're doing good for the community in America. Absolutely. In the United States. Yeah. And we, you know, there's always the debate, you know, you know, pro and con for virtual races we just happen sure. to like them. i yes i'm gonna run anyway yeah i like giving myself something to reward myself and this is a great way to do it that gives me the motivator mm-hmm. plus it allows me to do something good for others yeah we're so. helping we're helping others just like r- other runners on the course who are perfect strangers give us encouragement mm-hmm. we are able to encourage kids outdoors and help them keep their mission going absolutely so well this was a fantastic run we do have some others we're going to be bringing you over the coming weeks yeah and i like that we can highlight the different charitable organizations and they're not all 5ks no these actually they they have some (laughs) variation we have a 10k or uh, at least one 10k coming up and a half marathon coming up in this series a a few 10ks i'm just going to warn you Another 5K they just released and a half marathon in the series. Yes. Here we go. And just announcing all of those distances makes me hungry. It does. Mm. And we got to partake, to indulge, explore and indulge Mm. at a place that we have walked past a hundred times if it's been once that we've looked (laughs) at and gone, we really need to go there. That menu sounds amazing. We really need to go there. And we never go. No. Because we would always somehow or another gravitate back towards, um, well, you mentioned uh, the yachtsman. Yes. Or, or we're in Canada ultimately after a race and we need to report to the beer cart that's outside La Cellier to have our traditional moose head. Well, yes, that's, that's a given. Or... It is the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, more often than not. And you're eating your way around the world. So we can't really say that we haven't sampled the food from there. We just haven't been in the restaurant and dined because we've had little bites from there that are amazing. Well, that's true because the the um, cheese soup oh. that you get at Canada is uh, at the Canada cart at the Food and Wine Festival mm-hmm. is from La Cellier. Yeah, that food booth is the food booth is, is from La Cellier. <laughs> they also do their fillet mm. that you get out there at the food cart. So good with the so, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they used to do an amazing chicken sausage. That that's yeah. one that they discontinued from the Food and Wine Festival. You know, sometimes they'll just change it up. Yeah. 
So I'm, I'm lamenting the loss of that one. It was I, a really and good sometimes one. it's like it's like the seafood pie in Ireland, right? Like the shepherd's pie that's only that's the seafood mm-hmm. version that they used to do. Oh, and I actually think that they brought that back for the taste of the Epcot Food they, and Wine Festival. They did. That just happens to be a location we didn't make it to this time. You know, it's not over. <laughs> that's we can true. Still we could do go it. Back. It's the longest festival in. The recorded <laughs> history of the Epcot, and it's not even the official full. It is the taste of right. So, but um, but we decided to try Le Cellier because we were able to. It's rough getting reservations sometimes at certain places. It is, and we just happened to snag a lunch reservation at Le Cellier. And this is just a great opportunity for us to enjoy the the atmosphere and the ambiance because when you see the Canada yeah. the Canada area is so pretty. There's Le Cellier is that that part that looks like the kind of a castle almost. I love it with a garden in front of it. Very fairy tale. Yeah. So you walk through um, kind, kind of this gate and you go through the little garden that they have and you head to the front door and you go on in. Um, you know, we got seated very quickly since we had our reservation, mm-hmm. and it's it's a um, a darker, relaxed. Yeah. I, I don't want to call it like a. It's not like a white tablecloth dining experience, but it's a steakhouse mm-hmm. dining experience. Yeah. Dark wood, mm-hmm. stone, um, just a really rustic look. It gives the feel of eating in a castle. Yeah, kind Do you of. know what I'm saying? But not like a fairy tale castle, like a no. legit like castle castle. Like here we are in the medieval times. And Almost. Like, you know, um, you know, there's a scene. Oh, God. What movie is that? Where um, oh, is it? It's got Richard Gere in it. And he is like the. Oh, oh, Lancelot. Oh, First Night. The absolute worst version of the Arthurian legend I know. ever made. It's terrible. Yes. It's terrible. But the point is, like, the the setting of the, the drab and dreary place where she is held prisoner. Right. But then when you're entering the castle, you see the, like, the, the dining experience, which is, you know, lower lighting. Mm-hmm. And hearty and rustic food. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm off. I just, no, that's I fine. know, I know. So we've set the scene. Don't watch the movie. Save yourself Don't. an hour and a half. No, but, go, go to La Cellier. But it's a castle-like experience. Yeah. And we had an amazing server who took oh, yeah. fantastic care of us mm-hmm. and walked us through the appetizer and a killer entree inside. Accompaniment. Yeah, or enhancement. They they call it enhancement on their menu. The enhancement is a side. Yeah. This, uh, the best way I could describe this is if you've ever eaten at, let's say, like a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Which is a pricey experience. It's a pricey experience. It's a high quality experience, but everything is kind of a la carte. True. Good point and good comparison. So that's kind of to the, draw. That that's what I want you to keep in mind as we're describing everything. Yeah, yeah. Le Cellier is special occasion kind of dining for me. What I think it it's not. Hey, I I just want a super inexpensive snack in the park. This is a park restaurant where you go to celebrate maybe the completion of your first. Walt Disney World Marathon, or it, it's a, it is upscale. Yes. And the pricing is aligned with that. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and keep in mind, you're already inside of the Disney bubble, so price is already higher than what you would get out in the real world. So yeah, just keeping that in mind okay, as we so. go forward and describe these things to you, okay? So let's talk about how we started the meal. Yeah. Which was with a oh. absolutely Canadian item. It oh my is, goodness. It screams Canada, and, mm. and that is with poutine. And they offer a variety of poutines. Yeah, they had two on the menu at the time that we went. And they rotate those. And they, yeah, they'll do different seasonality themed one. This is the beef bourguignon. 
poutine. Poutine. And that oh. is fresh cut French fries topped with Gruyere cheese oh. sauce, a beef bourguignon gravy. So good. Drizzled with garlic aioli oh and a God. little bit of truffle oil. Just a hint. And that comes in at $15. And we split it. And we split it. Mm-hmm. You give me your impressions. I'll give you mine. I think our strategy was very good to split items and not each to get an um, appetizer or a starter and then each get entrees and each get desserts and each get enhancements because you would just have to roll me down the hill out of there. And that was actually the consideration. We had planned that day we were going to be doing some some eating and and recording and taking you know photos and stuff for the show and we knew that by the end of the day we were going to be in a carb coma if we if we made it really explored and really indulged okay i I wouldn't have been able to if i'd have eaten an entire um appetizer so i think that's a good strategy to mention you know before we even talk about this poutine that was magical Yes. You can split things and then it's it's still a special occasion kind of celebratory meal that can be a little bit more affordable if you split things. Oh, absolutely. And that's I was going to say the added benefit of course is a little bit of cost savings. Mm-hmm. So For sure. But this, oh my god. I can't remember. Well, I can. The last time I had a poutine that was just so good was the one at the refreshment port right near Canada. Yeah, the refreshment port is a is a kind of a a year-round staple mm. at the Epcot World Showcase. It doesn't normally have food that is themed to a particular country, but they do some seasonal stuff that you wouldn't expect. And that poutine was a thanksgiving one for the festival of the holidays yes it was and it was so good and it's everything you would think it it was you know <sighs> pulled turkey uh cranberries gravy oh. cheese it was it was ridiculously good it really it was good and this i mean i think that my eyes rolled back in my head when i had the first bite <laughs> and you got to get everything together I think you got to get a little bit of the fries, a little bit of the Gruyere, a little bit of the gravy, garlic aioli, you, yeah, and make the perfect bite and just savor it because it's beefy, tender meat. The gravy is really rich and hearty and homey. And it's just a little bit of garlic. It's not too much. And it's not like raw garlic flavor. No, no and not at all. The Gruyere is just a melty cheese. Yeah, and I said I said oh. cheese sauce. Actually, I meant to say it was just melted Gruyere, and that's the heat of the of the fresh cut fries coming out. And that Gruyere is a you know it's a higher fat content cheese. It's very melty, mm. and it just it was such a great rich accompaniment to this deep flavorful beef bourguignon topping and the the fries were crisp fries were super crisp but then some of them were tender well that that's that's from you know the moisture of the the beef gravy and and you know beef bourguignon is that it's it's mm. uh, you know braised beef and this thick gravy and that's that gravy is made with red wine oh so you get this incredible depth to mm. the gravy and mm. the beefiness and the portion is really good size. I'd say it's about a six to seven inch skillet. It's huge, I think. That's piled that, high. You know, it could be a meal for somebody. Oh, without a doubt. And you, if, if you went there and you said, I'm just going to get a beverage in that, you'd be, you'd be super satisfied. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't be out but $15. For, yeah. for your meal plus yeah. your beverage, whatever yeah. you get. Or, you know, if you're doing like a, a progressive thing, you could start with that, you could split it, and you could have a drink, and then you could actually go on and explore and indulge more of Epcot. Right. Yeah. But it was dynamite. <sighs> so that was a fantastic way to kick off the meal. Mm. Mm. 
next up, we decided to go with our favorite cut of meat. Is if it we, ours? Oh, you know that I, I am a ribeye rib fan. You just don't hear anything else when you hear ribeye. Well, that's because I love <laughs> I love I love a ribeye. I want it all the time. I know. Oh. So we mm. we were looking at the menu and they had a ribeye that was absolutely big enough for two people to split. Oh, yeah. Their USDA ribeye steak is served with warm fingerling potato salad. Oh. Bacon, wilted spinach, capers, whole grain mustard sauce, and a Bordelais butter. Uh, I mean, it's it was so good. So, cook this, temperature, your choice. Yes, and we opt for medium rare when yep. we're doing steaks. We do, and they bring it out to you on this giant wood cutting board. I like the presentation. Again, very rustic. Very rustic. You know, it, it is actually, you've got the, 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 that potato salad that I just described that has the fingerling potatoes with bacon and wilted spinach and capers and all of that. That's the base that they're sitting the steak on, kind of leaning the steak on. Mm. So it's a beautiful presentation. Oh, and the steak was cooked perfectly to what we asked, mm -hmm. the temperature. Yeah, throughout, regardless of throughout. the section of the, of the Such ribeye. Such a great. I love this cut of meat because it's the perfect combination of fat to meat. To lean, yeah. Yeah, to lean. And I just, you you know it's cooked right when you maybe don't even need the knife. Mm -hmm. And the perfect bite would be to get some of that wilted spinach, some of the potato that has that grainy mustard and just a touch of that brininess of the caper. Right. And the spinach provides a different texture. Yeah, and and I, I like the combination if you're doing potato salad, uh, you know, throwing in... A green. A little bit of a green. like And spinach is perfect because it, it, it isn't too rough, like, say, right. a kale. And it's not too bitter. Right. So you, you get a great, like you said, a textural component mm -hmm. there, the mm -hmm. flavor, and... Just the smokiness of the bacon, oh, and the creaminess of the, of the base that they, you know, with that that grain mustard sauce, mm. oh, mm. absolutely it, fantastic. Just, and the potato salad kind of reminds me of one that we make here when we do, not the one we featured on the show, but we have arugula, mm -hmm. parmesan, some grain mustard, some. Um, We've fried up some um, shallots. Yes. And just had that all together with a little bit of, I think, red wine vinegar in that. Right. It is dynamite at home. Well, and fingerling potatoes make a great rustic potato salad, too. Mm. You know, especially if you don't cut them, you know, dice them up yeah. and you kind of leave them more intact. And there's some and that's crunchy, what they did here. crunchy bits and some soft bits. Right. So, and the smokiness, the bacon, like you said, perfect. Yeah, this entree, again, big enough to feed two people. Yeah. Was $57. Maybe even three people. Yeah, the steak is enormous. I want to say that the steak was a, uh, I don't even know if it was on the menu as far as the ounces Size? Of, the, of the steak. No. But I would say that it is easily a, oh, pushing a 32 ounce. It's enormous. Yeah. Totally. So it was dynamite. And so was the enhancement we added. Yes, because like we said, yeah, this is typically served a la carte style, even though the steak did have the, the potato salad, salad yeah. you know, with it. We decided to get a vegetable. And anytime you know? I see like a... like griddled or roasted brussels sprouts for me it's kind of a no-brainer i just i love brussels i think that when when you get creative with them they're a great vehicle no and i'm not talking about like just throwing them in the microwave from the freezer no because those just turn into like little balls of mushy cabbage roasting them where it's at 
That is where it's at 100%. So what they do with their roasted Brussels is they do a maple whiskey glaze and then roast them. And you get some green bits. You get some soft bits. You get some charred bits. And it's just a little bit of crunch, a little bit of sweetness. It's not overly sweet. No. And you don't get a whole lot of boozy flavor either. Oh, no, there was no boozy flavor to it really at all. I think a little bit smoky. Imparted smokiness, yeah. A little bit smoky and then a little bit spicy from the from the center of the brussel, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you are eating them and they're not cooked to death, they have a little bit of a spiciness to them. Mm. Yeah. And I I just, I loved it. And they served that, you know, that was a very large portion. Oh, so again, yeah. big enough for two people to split. Good Lord. You, you, <laughs> and they're just gorgeous. I mean, the color on these things to look at, the taste, you know, the oh. maple comes through. It's just, just phenomenal. And of course, you know, with being Canada, of course, they got something maple there. Of course. And then last but not least, Amy oh. um, made sure that we got a sweet Dana's not a fan of, he doesn't have a big sweet tooth. I'll, I'll eat it every now and then. Yeah, but, I mean, it was, this is kind of like an early birthday trip for you mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that we took. And so it was great to have a little, a little sweet, and I love creme brulee. Oh, yeah. And this was maple creme brulee. Maple whipped cream, shortbread maple leaf cookie, and then they did a little white chocolate happy birthday with a Canada leaf for you. Yeah. When we told them. And I I just, the presentation was so pretty, so pretty. And the, the, the shortbread cookie, I like a shortbread cookie. I really do because it's not... It, it's not like a chocolate chip cookie texture. It's like a little bit of a drier one, and I think it was perfect with the crunchy, crispy top of the creme brulee that you just that I have such satisfaction when I take a spoon and I break that. Yep, it's so great. The what a feeling good of feeling. that of that spoon going through that crust, mm. and then you get the creamy creme brulee. Mm-hmm. So. It's sweet. It's got like a pudding like texture. It's a little. It's I say it's a little more firm than a pudding, but yeah. softer than a flan. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful description. Yeah. Yes. And I just and it was like it wasn't huge. It was great to split. Again, perfect size. It, it was a good size portion mm-hmm. and just enough for two people to split. Yeah. So I highly recommend it. And, you I mean, you can't go wrong. There were some other things on the menu, I think, that would have been interesting to try. But we love creme brulee. Yeah. And, you know, the, the shortbread cookie is just kind of a, it's almost a, a, a garnish. Uh, shortbread cookies are never the star of the show. It's but still a nice You could kind of dip texture. it in the, in the creme brulee if you wanted. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think... I'm kind of glad that the Yachtsman was closed, although I hope it will reopen and soon Mm -hmm. because it gave us a chance to snag a reservation at Le Cellier and have a fantastic, I mean, we had it at lunchtime, but I would say it is a steak dinner that we enjoyed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So great. Absolutely. Mm. Now, here's my question for you. Which Uh one do you prefer? You're always putting me on the spot. Here. I know. Are you going to say? No. Yeah, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I'm <laughs> not going to answer if you're not going to answer, buddy. Okay, but I'll even answer first. Oh, okay. I think that I prefer Le Cellier uh, overall. Oh, really? Even though wow. I would say you might find a better variety of steaks at the Yachtsman. True. And I and depending on the type of steak that you like, you may prefer the Yachtsman more. But mm-hmm. I, but I say that only because the Yachtsman does, has a dry aging room. Yes. They they have more, they they have a, a larger selection of steaks. Uh, 
generally speaking, and you know, we may this, this may be an unfair comparison given that we yeah. are going during during the pandemic, and there is a uh, more typically menu. a more limited menu. So mm-hmm. that may be an unfair comparison, and I may have to amend this later on. Maybe, but when I couple the um, when I take into account the setting and I take into account the environment, I think that La Cellier wins out. Oh, I love the environment of La Cellier. And Canada is always near and dear to our hearts. I think atmosphere La Cellier, because the yachtsman is more hustle and bustle. It's louder. Yes. And that was during the non, the, we were not there when we when we were in the COVID and closures and, you know, we're, we were there during normal times. Right. So I still think it would have an element of that when it reopens. I would agree. But the environment with Cellier, I just, I really loved the last steak that we split at the Yachtsman mm-hmm. for, for the steak experience. I would say if you're going for the meat, either one is going to satisfy you, but I think I prefer the Yachtsman steak over La Cellier. You heard it here, folks. But I would go to either place. <laughs> yeah. There, Just there, saying. There really isn't a wrong answer there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would say if you're in the mood for a steak dinner on property, what should probably be the deciding factor for you would be availability of a reservation. A. Yes. So, you know, what can you you're, get? Not, you're not going to go wrong with either one. What can you get? And really, you know, I really like the lounge right next door to the Yachtsman. That is true. That the, they, they have the little lounge there that's mm-hmm. excellent. There's a glass window that lets you see the, 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 the dry aging room. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to like about, there's a lot to like about both. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, like I said, check them both out. But this tomato, tomato. right now. I am super thrilled that we went to Canada mm-hmm. and to La Cellier yeah. and had this meal because it was just outstanding. Yeah. You got to break away sometimes and have a new experience. And I'm so glad that we did. But before we get into the drink portion, let's talk a little bit about um, the fact that we've got so many people who have been helping us get through the pandemic ourselves we and are, keeping the lights yeah, on here at the show. A travel podcast for that, runners. That can't travel that really. can't travel right now. Uh, a lot of you have purchased podcast apparel from our friends at Pure Creative Apparel and we're now offering the face masks that yes. uh, were asked for. And, and new as of yesterday. Mm-hmm. We have up there on the website our Run, Eat, Drink podcast logo face masks where, uh, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month because we just started in October. And it's the same logo that we wear for the Donna. Donna so. Which is normally in February, but yeah. So we encourage you to visit uh, runeatdrink.net and take advantage of that if you need to wear masks. You know, you can rep your favorite podcast. And some of you guys have written reviews on Apple Podcasts to help us grow the Runcation Nation, and we cannot thank you enough for taking a couple of minutes to go over there and do that. But the the big thing is that, you know, we had runners approach us and say that they like to support us long term. Yeah. And that got us to, to put together the Patreon that we've talked about before here on the show. And if you go to patreon.com slash Podcast, we have three levels of monthly sponsorship. or $10 a month. And each of those levels gets you certain special perks. Yes. But I would like to say that a new available perk to all of them to $5 or $10 would be your series, your little podcast for the patrons yeah if you will yeah i'm doing a little extra content for everybody that's just kind of tracking the kind of my my final push before the end of the year i'm going for kind of a year-end doctor's checkup in december trying to get down to my target weight during that time Mm -hmm. and in hopes that the doctor's saying get off of those meds this is just kind of a, a behind the scenes a little more up close personal um chat with me or me chatting and just kind of giving you kind of the insight of what somebody like me 
goes through, maybe sharing that with you, giving you some some support yourself. Especially uh, coming into the holiday season. Motivation. We're going to talk about doing that through the holidays. I'm sure that's going to come up. It is tough. You know, and I just did the very first kind of introductory uh, video Mm -hmm. on that. It just started. Yeah. But, you know, this is just to give everybody who's who's decided to become a patron a little extra content to say thank you Mm. and um, hope that you guys are going to enjoy it. The next episode of that should be dropping today. And our show is always going to be free, but if you're looking for a way to get some more of that bonus content and you want some more behind the scenes, then visit patreon.com slash runnydrinkpodcast or subscribe directly in Podbean. If that's your podcast player, there's a button right at the top of the player that you can tap on for the exact same levels, exact same perks. And we cannot thank you enough for supporting our show however you do. So let's talk drinks because we were at this amazing place, La Cellier in the Canada so Pavilion good. at Epcot. And you're you're there, you're mm-hmm. you're wanting to get the full experience, and there is a drink that is uniquely Canadian. And usually when we're in Canada, like we said, we get moosehead, we have featured fantastic beer like La Fin du Monde mm-hmm. on this show. But we went a different route. And, you know, as a former English teacher, when I think Caesars, I think Julius Caesar. Yes. You know, but there is a drink, a Canadian drink called a Caesar. And the best way to describe this for somebody is that this is Canada's version of a Bloody Mary. That's a perfect description, yes. Best way to describe it. Um, I think that you, you've got the de- a definition here that says, a Caesar is an Albertan cocktail originating in Calgary and consumed <laughs> primarily in Canada. It typically contains vodka, a Caesar mix, hot sauce, and Worcestershire sauce, and is served with ice in a large celery salt-rimmed glass, typically garnished with a stalk of celery and a wedge of lime. And a Caesar mix is not like a Bloody Mary mix, although it has tomato juice and, or cl- clamato? Clamato or clamato. It's tomato, tomato. It's clam juice and, it's a mixture of clam juice and tomato juice. Right. So it's not, that's where they diverge. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want it, you know, you know how you say, well, when in Rome, mm-hmm. well, when in Canada, when in Calgary, then let's just step away from the beer for a moment. The great beer we've had in Canada at Epcot and have a Caesar. Yes. And there are a couple of ways to, to get it. And we decided to go with the uh, both the traditional version mm-hmm. and you went completely off the rails so well you had the traditional version i did with the vodka with the vodka vodka and i will tell you that it is a savory um just you know very tomatoey briny um satisfying drink that mm. would be perfect for brunch or lunch oh i just when i think bloody mary and when I think Caesar now, I think just brunch. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Now, the, I think that the the Clamato juice, mm-hmm. Clamato, Clamato. It might, like, some people might have some hesitance. They might. They might yeah. think, oh, man, this is going to taste fishy. Um, it doesn't. Let, let me dispel that immediately. There, There is an, an additional level of brininess to it, and there's an additional level of mm. maybe a hint of the sea. Like yes. you would get from yeah. from eating clams, but there's nothing that's overtly fishy, right? And I think it's just a general good rule of thumb that if your if your seafood tastes or smells like fish, there's probably don't a, don't eat, eat it. it. <laughs> um, and, and the same goes really for the clamato juice. They this is a a perfect mm-hmm. cocktail mm. that gives you the tartness of the tomato the the uh, smoothness of the vodka that they used, the mm-hmm. um, salty and brininess of the clamato or the clam in the clamato juice, and then of course that accompaniment of the of the spiced rim with celery salt. I love that. 
and you've, so you know, good. a little squirt of lime in there. Oh. And it's just a fantastic, savory, uh, satisfying cocktail. Yeah. And I was shocked at how, what, what a difference it was going from mine, the traditional, to yours with the Canadian whiskey. Yeah. So mine, just everything that Dana described about the Caesar, but just take the vodka out and put in Canadian whiskey. And it, you know, when you think about whiskey, some people think when you taste whiskey, you get a burning in the back of your throat. It is, it it adds smokiness. Mm -hmm. And it did, it added a level of smokiness. And I, but I think it also took a sharp edge off the drink. Which is not what I expected. What did you expect? I expected it to be more harsh. It was everything just kind of married to make it a smooth and slightly smoky, little bit sweet, but still like a, it is a brunch cocktail that is tangy. Yeah, I actually preferred yours. Yeah, Uh, and I, I know that that is traditional to have the vodka, but I, I would want the Canadian whiskey. I would want the version with Canadian whiskey yeah, every if were, time. If I were going back, that's yeah. that's what I would order. Both of us got a sizable drink too. It wasn't just a little tiny glass. No, this was uh, easily a a pint glass full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you had a, yeah. a nice portion there. The glass was kind. It reminded me of having. Like, it was a really super tall glass like you would have a frozen drink in. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, some, like, when we're in the keys, sometimes they'll serve it, and then you can keep that glass. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good way. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of what it reminded me the of, tall too. glasses. But I I loved that drink. I loved that drink. Now, don't get me wrong. Le Fin du Monde, Unibrew beer is awesome. And so is Moosehead. And so is Moosehead. So the Canadians know their beer, but this Canadian version of this cocktail. Yeah, our, mm. our, the northern version of a Bloody Mary. Our northern friends do it right. Absolutely. They do. Mm-mm-mm. I would get it again. Yeah, me too. And you would get it with the whiskey. I would. I, I really did yeah. prefer that. I think that it brought a certain, like you said, it kind of smoothed everything out even more. And they, they the vodka that they used in the in the drink was fantastic i don't think either one of them were super boozy in their no, taste but i'm typically also not a vodka drinker yeah true it's just not really my thing um because I, I i usually find that they go one of two ways they either go they don't taste like anything mm. or they are really harsh almost like grain alcohol almost like grain alcohol and right. i i don't find a lot of um flavor yeah you know, there. So I, for me, that's just not one that I normally go to, but I think if you're a vodka drinker, you would love this vodka version. Yes. And I would also say that you, if you are a bloody Mary fan, if you don't Mm. like savory drinks and you may not like this, might I recommend one of the other selections? Right. You know, this is absolutely one for people that enjoy bloody Marys Mm -hmm. and savory beverages. Yes. Like I would think my, my father, I, just remember growing up him having a glass of tomato juice or a glass of V8 right uh, with breakfast and I just think it, he would love the the version with the whiskey yeah because he is I don't know why I associate that with like a West Virginia kind of background but yeah that's that may have n- absolutely nothing to do with it but I just <laughs> think that rustic kind of connection with whiskey sure is what I have. Yeah. So. Lasselier for the win. For the win for food and beverage. Check them out the next time you are headed to Epcot for. Snagger reservation. Whether that's going to be for vacation, runcation, the food and wine festival, or any reason at all. It's absolutely worth your trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you have a special occasion to celebrate, it might be a location to look into. Next week. What are we doing? We're running, we're we're eating, we're drinking. Yeah, we're running, we're eating, we're drinking. We have one final 5K to recap. We do. 
at a different location. Mm -hmm. And we got to explore and indulge some things that just took us right out of Florida. And we can't wait to share them with you. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you want to support the show, share our show on your social media tag your friends and tag us we really appreciate that if you got a second to give us a rating and review on apple podcasts we'd appreciate that too your ratings and reviews help us get discovered that is so true you can purchase red swag like the new face masks we talked about a bar key some running shorts and you know you could test out the claim that dana has that says he he says it'll make you 20 percent faster doesn't make you 20% faster for real. Mm, disclaimer. You know, so, or you can become a friend of the show and get bonus content on Patreon, like that brand new series that Dana is doing. And maybe I'll do one too. Gosh, I, f- I feel like, I feel like I got to pony up and uh, get in there. All right. You know, so stay tuned. And his new series available for all patrons, re- patrons, regardless of level. Go to patreon.com slash runny drink podcast. Regardless of level, you get that new content, Mm -hmm. but you also get the special perks at each level. So Mm -hmm. check those out and sign up today. We'd really, really like to have you over there. If you're a Podbean user, you can go to patron.podbean.com slash runny drink podcast. Well, that does it for today, folks. We are (sighs) done. That's another episode in the books. Thank you for joining us, no matter where you did, on your long run, commute to work, around the house. We're just happy you're here. We really are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe and well, and we'll talk to you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.